if anything, the future of work was always starting to change anyway in terms of more flexibility, more use of digital. Do you need to be in an office in the same way? And we can get into that. But obviously the whole COVID-19 thing has accelerated that shift. I mean, I, I've got some, um, some banking clients, if you like, who would never, ever have thought of the fact that you could work fully <laughs> online. You know, they, they kind of you know, love the idea of everyone comes into their grand desk offices. But, but I think that's, that's something that's not going to go back. Welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast with business strategist, speaker and author Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey guys, Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind podcast. And if I've not said it to you already, happy new year. Let's make 21 a better year than 2020. And to do that today, it's a collaborative podcast with uh, Nick Bradley, a friend who, a fellow podcaster on Scale Up Your Business podcast. Nick and I, this time about last year, reviewed 2019 and then put together our predictions for 2020. Well, it didn't quite pan out that way, did it? So we just have a show today where we chat through uh, our insights and reflections on what a year of 2020, but also some of the trends and opportunities that we're seeing, not only for our respective clients, but also for us in the world of acquisitions as well for 2021 and beyond. You'll hopefully enjoy an easygoing chat as we reflect and look forward to what we can make out of 2021. So join me and Nick Bradley of Scale Up Your Business podcast. Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert led, like an audio book, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.fyi. Use code GAVIN to get 20% off. Guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's another collaborative podcast. So hi, it's Gavin here from the Business Mastermind podcast and Nick Bradley from Scale Up Your Business podcast. Good to be here, Gavin, and to do what's becoming, we've done this twice now. This is our annual thing. It's our annual thing where we look ahead and we were just laughing about how wrong we were when we sat down at the turn of 2019 to 2020 and we you know, from a position of uh, apparent insight uh, we were calling what were the priorities of the trends for 2020 and of course how wrong were we well like, so yeah so so basically everyone listening you can't trust anything that we say <laughs> because our crystal balls those like silver like what do you call those those nice glass things that we look into at the beginning of a year we, we had lots of ideas didn't we for 2020 <laughs> uh, we did and of course uh, yes a global pandemic came along but I think we'll be really good to just reflect a little bit uh, the purpose of today's uh, conversation is about let's have a look back around some of the shifts for 2020 and um, then once again we'll try and see uh, share with you some thoughts <laughs> ideas and trends that we're seeing that are going to impact yes. the coming year so um, I know um, that you've recently had a conversation about your reflections around 2020 so do you want to sort of kick off with some of the observations you've got from that? Yeah, I'll try and keep it nice and crisp because there's so many different things that happened this year. And so, I mean, I think the first thing is 
I, talk about sort of psychology and mindset. Let's kick off on that. I think we saw so many different examples of how people deal with change. And I know you'll probably have the same reflection as me on this. You know, I have some clients who just led straight into it, you know, tried to get to the front as much as possible. And they were going to drag everyone kicking and screaming through the, the COVID-19 crisis. And then I had other ones that literally just went missing. I had one client in particular, he's going to come on my podcast in a few weeks. And um, he coined the term, he went into hibernation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was interesting for me personally, I, I was probably more the former. I tried to think I can solve this. I can do everything. And, you know, ran at a thousand miles an hour, certainly in the beginning. And that was good. I think overall as a strategy, because it meant that I got a lot of things happening, which may have taken longer had I've given myself a little bit more time but it did sort of wear me out. And by the summer, we managed to get away for a couple of weeks and it was really lovely. I needed that break. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah, well, uh, I pushed hard. And at the same time, one of my clients, and we just mentioned, uh, I've helped him sell his business this year. So pretty much at the beginning of the lockdown process, we found ourselves starting off a due diligence process with two potential suitors, uh, one of which a deal has now been done or will be done in the next 24 hours. So at the time of recording. So that's been a really exciting journey awesome. and re- really being close around the, uh, around that. And then we managed to get away um, just for 10 days to uh, Cornwall on the Isles of Scilly, which we'd never been to before, which was just a stunning break and lots of outdoorsy marine walk stuff, walking, you know, where there was no car, we had no car, no transport on the island other than our, you know, our feet. So we did low, we did loads of walking in the week, but traveled and explored the islands. So it was stunning, but that was a good break and it was, it was certainly needed. And I, I've seen a real sentiment or, or, or theme throughout the whole of the year with those that have been pushing really hard, but also have had not actually had the time off or the break and and many people where they might have had little top-ups where they might normally go away for a long weekend once a quarter or something like that those sort of like mini breaks haven't been taking place at all and many of course have gone without a, a summer vacation yeah and and this is and this is a good point i think to start on you know as we'll get into the business side of a lot of this stuff in a minute but there, there's a certain degree of awareness and discipline that needs to happen now that you know the way that we're all potentially working has changed. Because I, I was the same. I plan my year in advance. I have this wall calendar. I buy one every single year, and I and I plan every quarter to kind of go away and do some personal development, professional development, and then I, I have lots of breaks with family. And it was funny how quickly that got thrown in the bin. <laughs> and yeah, then, yeah. and I had I, I literally I was cancelling all these trips that I had pre-booked all the way up to the first half of the year, yeah. and then. Even even like leading up to Christmas, you know, as, as we record this, it's kind of like I haven't taken the time. And, you know, we we're just saying before we press record, I'm I'm pretty tired now. Just just I need to kind of just go and read a couple of books and watch some Christmas movies <laughs> and just reset a bit. Cause I think, you know, 21 when we get into it, it's gonna be different. It's not gonna be any less. I think chaotic and uncertain, um, but I think, you know, I, I feel much more prepared now. I've gone through the, the training, <laughs> the training of 2020. Do you know, I, I had a, a reaction as I kind of uh, got going this morning and I, and, and I saw uh, somebody that we both follow, that we both know, pumping out fresh new content about the latest lockdowns. And I just thought, I want a break. <laughs> I, I, just, I just feel like I haven't got the, I don't feel as if I have the need or the desire to jump on pumping out more content. I know I've run on empty. I've really pushed for my clients where, 
the other thing that I've, I've seen a lot happen this year is that as if it wasn't enough for people to deal with what's going on with their working from home, their businesses, etc. People have had, as is life, other stuff going on. So whether it's been, you know, sadly bereavements or illnesses or construction work at home or house moves or something that's been a massive disruption in their own life. And we've we've had that. And 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 it's we just get to the point where going to switch off we're going to take we'll get at least a week if not 10 days and we're just going to switch off yeah no i'm the same exactly the same and the and the big one for us was homeschooling with a, a six and a nine year old and, and my wife's an entrepreneur she's got a couple of businesses and we've got our businesses you know myself and the stuff we do on the scale up your business and so a bit of a bit of navigation just around how you do that effectively and i think again if i look back i probably haven't been as much as I've been home more than ever, I haven't been as present at home this year as I have been when I go away for a couple of weeks in the US and then come back and spend time with family. Mm-hmm. And I'm super conscious of, again, this next couple of weeks, just literally getting away from everything and you know, putting the phone down and doing them. This is the last conversation sort of podcast I'm doing for the year, which is great. I'm glad we got to, to do this together because it's always yeah, a yeah. fun chat. Yeah. Um, and that's it. And I'm looking forward to that. And I'm just going to play with the girls, you know, walk around outside and just uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy the time. And I'm really encouraging the people I'm speaking to in business to actually make sure they take a break. I was speaking to a client earlier today and, and I said, you are switching off, aren't you? Even if it's, you know, for just three or four days, you are actually having a break. Because I've heard phrases like people saying, I feel really down, like dark clouds over me, I'm burnt out. Natural fact, Drew Houston, the CEO of Dropbox, says there's actually, he sees as, a, as a, an epidemic of burnout because of how people are pushed so hard this year mm, to try to s- solve their challenges in their businesses, etc. So yeah, I think now is a time. Hopefully, by the time that you've listened to you're listening to this, you will have had a recharge over over the festive period. So yeah, um, other things that I've seen notice really happen this year. Those the word of 2020 after lockdown has been pivot, and I've seen some really mm-hmm. good examples of businesses that have adapted and moved very quickly. And one one of my larger corporate clients is an, is an example of that. HSBC as a bank, um, what they achieved with IT systems rollout and rolling out Zoom, for example, in the speed of time that they did that was unheard of with an organisation that size. So you, I've seen plenty of examples of businesses, large or small, where they've been really very effective at doing a successful pivot. And what do you what do you think? I mean, just using that example, what what do you think the learnings are from that? Um, what, what's, I mean, obviously we've talked about the psychology and the people, the, the need that people feel they need to do more because of the uncertainty, but, but what else can we learn from some of those examples? It, it kind of proves to some extent that we can do more than we're capable of when we're focused, doesn't it? And totally. So I think when you've got a, a big, large organization, there's a belief, you know, let's, let's take a, a big international corporate or well, think change takes time. We have to go through regulatory approval. There's no way we could do this. Um, and we'll, Will the teams, will the employees be able to embrace the new technology? And when you are put in a position where everybody's put in a position where you have to, where there is no other alternative other than to do this, otherwise, as a bank, you cannot serve your customers if you can't connect, if you if you can't open your doors. Then um, it's amazing how things can move and move very very quickly. Yeah, indeed. And I suppose that the next thing um, that comes to mind, which is in relation to some of that, is how we've all had to adapt to how we work. And, sure. and I've, been, I've been saying this quite a lot recently that I think, if anything, the future of work was always starting to change anyway in terms of more flexibility, more use of digital. Do you need to be in an office in the same way? And we can get into that. But obviously, the whole COVID-19 thing has accelerated that shift. 
I mean, I, I've got some um, some banking clients, if you like, who would never ever have thought of the fact that you could work fully <laughs> online. You know, they they kind of you know love the idea of everyone comes into their grand desk offices, but but I think that's that's something that's not going to go back. I mean, not to mention the cost savings of that. But again, there are some things around that, that need to be considered. So, any any reflections on that? Yeah, I think you. Uh, I think there's good and bad. There's people that have had a lot more um, time to be able to be at home because they've not had to do the commute. But as I said to you again before we started to record, I've got to a point now where I really miss face-to-face interaction. So I went through this the journey of thank goodness I used to spend. 12, 14 hours a week traveling. And I've got that time back, which is great. Um, However, Zoom is amazing. Teams is amazing, but you you can't, that connection you get, the energy you get in a room of a group of people, I've I've, I've missed that. So I think that we've seen seen a change in the work wardrobes, haven't we, over the course of the year, which has been quite cool. (laughs) I've got my cardigan on. I've got my cardigan and T-shirt. You know, it's funny, I'm I'm on a call later today helping sell a business for someone and it's like pretty, and I'll still wear this. I'll just do it up a little bit. (laughs) So so, so that that humanness, that casual, I think that's all good. Um, I think with the hybrid going forward, so I think there needs to be a hybrid going forward where we still come together to collaborate, to create ideas, to have team sessions, as well as doing, you know, uh, individual work remotely. Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcast. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert led, like an audiobook, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters, G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.fyi. Use code GAVIN to get 20% off. No, indeed. I, I listen. I there's different schools of thought of this, and I'm going to say my opinion. And I take I, t- I say this with uh, the caveat of what you said beforehand that for many many people, 2020 has been terrible. There's been loss of life, loss of business, huge amounts of disruption. Um, nothing like I've ever experienced in my lifetime of you know 46 years on the planet. I presume it's probably what it was like back in wartime or something like that. Yeah, sure, sure. But again, there wasn't the social media, <laughs> those yeah. aspects. But but. I've I've found it an incredible year of growth for me um, on a personal front in terms of just, I've done a lot of work on personal development leading up to this year. I'd invested in myself in that way for a long time. And I found that a lot of that came together. And when I was advising clients, big and small, a lot of it was around making sure that they were starting to give themselves time, habits, routines, those sort of things just to be able to help navigate this in a way that was going to be constructive and not overwhelming. Sure. And the clients that really did well for me this year, the ones that I work with closely, some of them had some of their best years ever, were the ones that that managed to understand that and put that stuff into practice. And it's not to say it's just that, but I think that's a um, something definitely people should think about if they haven't started, um, you know, taking more time for themselves as they come into 21. Yeah, there's a phrase I, I use, you know, like mindset is the difference between game on and game over. And I've seen people 
I think you don't have to look very hard over the course of this year for there to be examples of a dearth of leadership. But I've seen the opposite true in many of my clients where they've had to step up and they've had to lead. They've, they've, they've kept people engaged. They've kept morale up. They've led a pivot or whatever that might have been in terms of innovation in their offering. But they, because they've had to, have demonstrated much stronger leadership that maybe have been put, called upon them previously. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think now... As they look forward, um, they've got a greater inner knowing and confidence that they can cope with more than they may have realised what they could have done previously. Yeah, nicely said. And you had a big year because you had your book out. Yeah, it's you know it's interesting. <laughs> I, I had a great year, and, and that was that was a, a wonderful gift or legacy of the first lockdown. If to look at it positively, it, I because I, I wasn't travelling, I had no excuse other than to get down and get on with it. And uh, so that's been brilliant, and I've thoroughly enjoyed the journey. And um, yeah, that's that that to. to just mind-blowing to have people from you know Colombia to Hong Kong to Singapore to Australia to Canada you know all over the world to take copies and read the book and get feedback on that that's been a great help and and every now and again I'll be in a conversation with somebody and they says yes and you wrote in such and such a chapter on it oh yeah I did <laughs> but that uh, so I'm, I'm I'm delighted about it and it's been a source of real pride for this year and um and as I mentioned before, I helped sell two businesses this year, uh, went through a process of helping a client buy another, another one. And there's a pipeline and, you know, I've embarked even further down the path that I know you well, well trodden on around acquisitions. So we've got an exciting 2021 together on that space as well. No, awesome. Well, I think we'll, we'll talk about that as a theme in a second for 21, because I think that's an interesting one for people who are maybe considering entrepreneurship in, you know, maybe for the first time. So we can talk about that. But uh, yeah, your book's awesome, mate. I enjoyed it. I thought it was, well, I'm going to say it's awesome because I admire firstly the fact you did it. I love the video of when you were opening the boxes when they first arrived at home and you were super <laughs> excited with a you know little clap there. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did. I've got a book coming, but um, I'm not quite as diligent as you. I've got a ghostwriter helping me with it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good leverage of your time. Well, it is, but I, I did the opposite this year. I, I've been on 75 podcast interviews. Wow. Including the, and that does, sorry, that doesn't include the two that I put out for Scale Up Your Business. And now I've got a publicist in the US as well. And that's, but that's taken on a whole different life. But I kind of, I similar to you, I wanted to put more stuff out there to help people. I didn't want to go crazy and just comment on every piece of social media because that's not me but I wanted to put my thoughts out there as much as I possibly could into different networks. And that's been massive. So um, I'm going to continue doing that in 21. It does mean I have to be more conscious of my time, particularly around how much I'm you know, putting into this kind of idea of helping people through that mechanism. But it's just been the people I've met, we've, we've started two separate businesses off relationships that have come from those interviews. Phenomenal. Um, and then some of the shows, like the biggest show I was on this year had an audience of 600,000 and was aligned with Marshall Goldsmith, who's considered one of the, certainly one of the best executive coaches in the world. So, Fantastic. yeah, but all of this, you know, to, to, to draw a line a little bit under it was my reaction to, I need to do more, you mm-hmm. know, to help other people, but also to, to make sure that I was doing everything I could to make sure my businesses were working as well. Yeah. And I think when when we do push ourselves to to contribute more, the rewards are fantastic. And um, I, I'd always had the vision that at the time, I think it was a vision that helped me finish, complete, get the book out there. 
survive and thrive, how to secure scale and succeed in business was that vision that there will be somebody that will read that book that is on their business is on the brink and then they personally might be, you know, in a pretty dark place. And if they take one idea out of that, that helps them to turn things around or to take a plateauing business and get it back into growth. then that certainly really helped. No, I love that. I love yeah. And I love the idea that, you know, this is the thing people ask me all the time about um, podcasting, all the stuff that we do like that. And I always say, if it helps one person, then the job's done. The thing I've loved the most about the pod, I love the most about the podcasting journey is the amazing people that I get the opportunity to speak to on a regular basis. The, the insights, the inspirations, the connections that I've made through an interview, through a conversation that's, you know, like this at 45 minutes a duration or something. And, and yeah, many of whom I'm still in contact with now after, after one podcast interview, which is phenomenal. Yeah, it's awesome. It's the gift that um, people don't appreciate. Um, I had Jay Abraham on last week and uh, it was an hour interview but then it ended up being another hour where he dissected my business. Now oh, he's, t- whoa, I know, man, it was unbelievable. And, I you know, appreciate but, the value of that. <laughs> well, it's, he charges like a crazy amount of money, but you yeah. know, he's, for people listening to this, he's worth a Google. I mean, he's called the $21.7 billion man, you know, for a lot of reasons. He's the guy who actually um, created Tony Robbins business empire. So he was his coach, which is in itself, in its own, just incredible. But again, you know, I couldn't have access to these individuals if we didn't, you know, put ourselves out there in the way that we have. And it's the consistency of, of doing that, which makes the difference. So I fully agree. It's, um, it's been an amazing journey so far and still lots more to come. So let's look forward, if we dare be so bold, and let's look forward to 21 and, and what, what's happening. Everyone's and, going like they've been rambling on because they don't want to go there. They're like, avoiding it. <laughs> so let's pull off the, uh, the sticky the plastic. First, the, the, the first thing I'll say is when we went back, if we rewound to the UK and internationally first set of lockdowns in, in, in March, April of 2020, I knew it was going to be a, a bumpy six months. And I knew there was going to be a, a knock-on effect, a long tail in terms of the economic damage and impact. What I didn't appreciate or didn't believe that would be the case, that we could be facing the prospect of Q1 2021 with ongoing lockdowns. Fully, fully agree. And and I was, you know, I was listening back to episodes of podcasts I did or ones that I like, and everyone was saying, oh, "I'll be, it'll be killed in the summer." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, and, and this is the thing people ask me quite a bit and they probably ask you as well, Gavin. So how long is this going to go for? And I just don't answer that anymore. I mean, I, you know, I have, I have a thought in my head, but I'm like, we just don't know, you know, there's too many unknowns. So all you can do really is, is prepare for, you know, whatever the worst extremity of that is, but do the best you can with everything you've got. So I don't know. I mean, do you have a view on that? Do you have a, a timeline in your mind that you want to share or are you in some similar place to me? I- I'm thinking um, Easter summer. By the time the vaccine starts to get some real sort of coverage across the across the world, and you know the, the weather gets a bit warmer, and I think I, we'll have an improvement there for sure. Um, but, it, but the other thing where I see that there's going to be a knock-on effect for some time is think supply chains have been hit really hard. Yeah. No. That this is, and this is the um, I agree with you on that as well because it's 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 the world catching up to how if you want to call it this, the world of commerce has changed, you know, and, yeah, I, and I'm sure. seeing, and, and, that, and that's, that's an interesting play because I think there's a point where, you know, to use the word pivot, there are lots of different businesses or types of strands of business that have changed and are now getting traction and accelerating. Right. And that's, I mean, one of them is supply chain. One of them is everything that's happening online generally. Um, and you're starting to see the tension that's being caused from that. And that's only going to accelerate. I, I think it's a systemic change. 
you know, it's not going to suddenly go back. We might have things that were like they were in some extent, but there's a massive shift that has now happened. And I think that's going to provide opportunity in, in many, many sectors, as much as it's going to have to have people thinking differently about areas where the opportunity for disruption is significantly greater and more visible than it was 12 months ago. There's an overall trend of, you know, global to moving to local. And I've seen examples of supply chains being disrupted. So they've had to look for local manufacture. So furniture manufacturers in the UK would have sourced um, or have sourced parts, key parts to their furniture outside of the UK. They're now finding or having to find manufacturing capability in the UK much more expensive and their prices have gone up, but they've gone to having to source local. Yeah. No, I can I can see that as well. And this is there's plenty of interesting opportunity. I mean, the other one that I've noticed is um, well, two things actually: house prices outside of London, you know, where you know where you know you're in Wales, I'm in the middle of nowhere, uh, going crazily high and starting to increase. Uh, certainly in my local village, and that's you know not not the best kind of what I call macroeconomic example. But if you think about the the logic behind that, you don't necessarily need to be in the city anymore. So, you know, why put yourself into a tiny, you know, two bedroom apartment for over a million bucks when you can get a seven bedroom house <laughs> somewhere else? So that that's going to be really interesting, I think, for the whole real estate market overall. And then you've got the corporate real estate part of that as well. Um, and then the other thing that's interesting is um, second ca- secondhand car market. Have you, have you noticed the prices of secondhand cars? I must admit, actually, for someone who actually really likes cars, because I've hardly driven over the last nine months, I haven't been paying attention to the second-hand car market, no. Well, some of the more, um, yeah, some of the more kind of luxury brands and things like that, they're going up, like the prices are going up. And same in the US, I've got a few uh, people over there who, who um, wow. work with a business called Truro. And so again, I haven't unpacked some of these things, but it's just interesting because they're I mean, that particular one, the car one, is not something I would have expected. But if someone's listening to this and into that trade, they probably should start to have a look at it because, you know, there might be some short-term opportunities to be able to uh, to do something as we're still in this um, in this kind of strange period. So, yeah, we're, oh, oh, there's a number of trends. And actually, I, I look at... Uh... Um, regularly look at sites like trendhunter.com and they they track 18 sort of global trends and it, it's, it's some of it is a continuation of what was already there so for example you've got uh, increased automation artificial intelligence uh, jump out personalization has been a trend there for some time but we're, we're seeing an acceleration of change and i think it was an um, interesting um piece of work that was done by McKinsey's actually saying that the rate of change in economically um, as a result of 2021 global restrictions etc in two months economically we were where they were in 2009 after two years of wow global so the pace of change the, the whole period piece about acceleration of changes has improved massively and this was backed up by another study that was done by um, Bain and Co., you know, big international consultants. And they were talking about the businesses that are now going to really lead and come out ahead of those with increased adaptability. And you need, and they, they cited, well, three sort of major factors, each of which had a subset of three points, so nine points in total. But just to summarize the three major points, one was having clarity of direction. Where's your North Star? And so many people say, well, I can't plan. There's so much uncertainty, so many unknowns about supply chain, about lockdowns. How can I plan? Well, those that are still locked on to their North Star, their direction, they've been able to come up with different scenarios and run different you know, game plans. Um, the second one has been around flexibility of 
cost base and capacity. So those that mm-hmm. are being able to turn up and turn down in the cost base in line with demand. And the third one is around pro creating a pro change culture. So what are the things that you can do to make sure that the people in your organization run towards change and actually embrace it and accelerate it? They're all good points. I, I'll, I'll jump on the first one for a sec because I think it's worth exploring that. Because what I found is it's the middle part of planning and I'll kind of give a timeline of that, which is, is more difficult. But the, the stuff that's a fair way out, let's say you're talking about a three-year vision. Let's say you want to sell your business in three years or you want to you know, transform something. That's still quite possible because, again, it doesn't bring in the short-term dynamics as, I mean, like the 12 months play. And the other end of that is the next, the next 90 days. You know, which I think you can absolutely plan for the next 90 days, right? You know, sure. <laughs> so, but it's the annual planning and this idea, oh, I don't know what the year's going to be like. Well, yeah, we don't know what the year's going to be like, but you know, you can assume that in three years, it's probably going to, you know, we're going to get back to something, right? Particularly yeah. is what we spoke yeah. about. And of course, with the great thing about vision is you can, you can kind of make it relatively ethereal. So it becomes your North Star to use your point. But then you can absolutely plan your days, your weeks, and your next, you know, three months. I like yeah. that. And that yeah. removes some of the excuses. Back to your point about earlier on about a client of yours has hibernated. I think you will, I've seen a number of businesses hibernate, um, but I think as we start to emerge economically uh, and GDP levels, et cetera, in late 21 into 2022, those that have hibernated will be left a lot further behind. Yeah. And, and that's a good example of, of people's appetite for risk as well. The, the people who um, leverage debt well, in 2020 and i still think there's an opportunity massively around that in 21 sure. because you know there's the risk of okay well I'm, i now owe someone something but if you're investing that in things like marketing or product development or other forms of you know value creation then you know you've got to back yourself back to mindset again that you're going to get a return the return may not be immediate but you know i was advising everyone to to leverage those opportunities a lot of people depending on their psychology were like oh i can never do that but I was know, shocked got, about I that. I was shocked by that. So here's a stat, and I don't think it's breaking any confidentialities. Um, out of HSBC's business portfolio and commercial portfolio, less than 20% of their customers have taken up a C-bills or a business bounce back loan. And I was shocked oh, at that. Wow. Because to me, that's a, that is a wasted opportunity in terms of leveraging debt. And let's be blunt, cheap, cheap debt. Well, yeah. I mean, I, we worked the sum out. I've, I've got seven companies, right? Seven separate businesses. And we took the loans out on every single one of them. Now, some of them are in growth, ha- have been in growth and, and grew through COVID. One, we actually closed down out of them because it just wasn't working. And we had to then focus on the others. So you learn as much from, from both opportunities. I, w- I want people to realize that even though I focus on business growth, it doesn't always work. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right? You know, yeah, yeah. and there's different, but you've also got to be um, aware of that and make the decision. But, but we leveraged everything. Because, you know, we back the fact that this is going to be a period of time. And if we focus on the right things that are going to give us the result, you know, over an extended period, then that's going to be the right thing. So that's, again, it's a lesson that can't be um, underestimated as people go into the new year. So just to build on that slightly is if you listen to this and um, in your local territory, there are government backed support loan schemes that at preferential rates um, in many, well, certainly in the UK, for example, those um, deadlines have been extended now. So if you haven't taken advantage of those, I think you should. And there are opportunities out there in the marketplace to be able to turn that debt into a, a return on investment. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. What about, um, so let's talk about people who um, may have lost their jobs 
yeah. or certainly have realized through 2020 that this idea that a job is for life is probably not something that they should hold on to as a, as a true belief. I've had many friends who've found that out. And perhaps they're thinking that um, they want to give entrepreneurship a go. Perhaps it's been something that they've always thought about, but they've never really had the impetus to do it. But now they're, they're prepared to make that decision. What's your advice, Gavin, in terms of someone who's potentially thinking about going into this world of, of looking after their own employment? And I think I think you um, I think you'll see there's a lot of talent, a lot of very very capable and experienced people that all of a sudden are going through this period of reevaluation. And my view would be you can create a portfolio of opportunities. I think you could be pushing against an open door where there are uh, SME or even corporate clients to you that would um, be only too delighted to have somebody of your caliber, your your, your contacts, your intellect, etc., experience to be able to pay uh, to be able to have you, you know, on a freelance basis. So if you're able to create a handful of different clients and able to be able to use work your network, just absolutely work your network. And I and a lot of people that have got that kind of experience and um, track record could find some really interesting short term projects that are great for the CV, great for the resume, but also give you a taste as to whether actually you do enjoy juggling or wearing many hats that you do when you, you've got your, your own business. Yeah, the, uh, the roller coaster of entrepreneurship, as I say, it does, it does take a little bit of getting used to. <laughs> you know, I, but- I speak to somebody of the week who, who is um, who literally, a fabulous guy, actually. It's amazing some of the conversations. He was a delivery driver and dropped some stuff off of the house. He had a... Um, he had a joinery business that went bust because of he one of his big cus, uh, customers went bust, uh, and he said, I, "I just love actually having the certainty of income of being employed and just getting out on the road, and nobody can join me." But in the same week, I had a conversation which was the opposite, where someone was saying, "I know I've got to wear a lot, a lot of different hats, but I am just enjoying the thrill of securing a piece of work off my own back." And then getting further work after having done a good job. So they were riding high on the excitement, the thrill of the chase of going out there and winning work and delivering that work. Yeah. It, 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 I often say to people, it's not for everyone necessarily, but, you know, if you are considering it, now's not a bad time. Because, you know, again, if I think about clients I've got, particularly the ones who are in, you know, pretty fast scale up, a lot of them come to me and they go, oh, I want to employ teams, I want to employ people. And I think we touched on this last conversation. And my, my strong advice is not to do that right now, you know, because there are so many good people out there who are prepared to do projects, you know, for really, really efficient rates. Um, you can get some stunning people. There's, I'm actually helping a client at the moment who needs a marketing director. And I've got two people that I know who are looking for work. They've come out of very, very strong corporate backgrounds, huge experience, and they're going to go and essentially set up the marketing strategy for this company or they're pitching for at the moment. And it's really efficient, really efficient and high impact. So, so again, I think, you know, if you're a business owner and you're thinking about how you can leverage the, uh, the caliber of, of people that are out there right now, then, you know, don't be afraid to look for the freelancers, the associates, whatever you want to call it, the consultants, because there are some really good people that are available. Totally. And I think to have really good people around you as we go into 21 and 22, I think it's going to be really important. I think some people would be excused for thinking once we get through 2020, then we're going to be playing a sailing. And I do think the economic hangover, for want of a better phrase, of what's happened this year, I think we're going to see some, in, some turbulent trading conditions over the next year or two. Yeah, indeed. Well, let's talk a little bit about... Um... 
because you know entrepreneurship is not just about starting your own thing you can also buy a business and we've you know both had experience in that and and i think you know certainly in 21 i'm going to be focusing more we, we acquired sure. two companies in 2020 um one in the us and one in the uk and we are looking we are looking to uh do another couple i think in 21 and and again, I think there's more opportunities out there now because a lot of people, particularly we buy businesses off people who are generally retiring. That's our model. And a lot of people have said to me that the conversations we're having now, they just don't want to have to go back and rebuild their business again. And we're doing some quite interesting stuff around the deal structuring. We're actually paying for the businesses, the two that we acquired, uh, what we call pre-COVID valuations. So we're not okay. taking in. Yeah, it's an interesting way of doing it. But because the businesses are so established, you know, some of them are 30, 40 years old we can pretty much understand the risk quotient of doing that. We're not trying to sure. go in there and do it, but it's an interesting play because I think there's plenty of people out there who have got businesses and they're just thinking, you know, how can I sell them? Is it possible to sell them? And it's a good opportunity for someone to move into entrepreneurship in that way. I think so. And the, the, if the phrase I've heard so many times in the context of um, somebody selling their business and an acquisition conversation, the outgoing or the person wanting to sell the business has said, this business just needs new blood, fresh blood, new energy. <laughs> yeah. And the, the phrase I keep hearing time and time again is, I'm tired, I've had enough, I want to move on. And I, I'm, I'm a big believer about ethically investing and how do we create a win for the the legacy and uh, the people that have founded and grown that business, a win for their team, their employees, and then, you know, a, a future for the business and a, and a good deal and a, a win all round. So deal structuring is an area that I, I, I love and I'm fascinated by. And there are some very good and creative ways in which that you can get a deal over the line, but you, you're not having to put money down or a significant amount of money down yourself. No, exactly. And, and you're right. The key thing I find with the deals that we do is, you know, a lot of businesses that are relatively small. So, you know, their revenues might be a million to five million or something like that. So they're not making a heap of profit, particularly at the lower end. Um, a lot of those businesses don't ever sell, you know, and, yeah. and, and I find that that's, that's a travesty in its own right, because someone's worked a long time to build that business. And there's people there have been employed for often a similar amount of time, 20, 30 years. But there are ways of getting through that. So, yeah, so that's that. I think if, if people are listening to this and thinking, you know, that's interesting, guys, how do you do that? Then then I would ex I would encourage people to explore that option because I think there are many, many good businesses, profitable businesses that are there. And if you want to have a go at being an owner, you know, and then applying the, you know, your maybe the experience you've had in corporate, you know, into in, into a smaller business where you can call the shots and create wealth for yourself and freedom over time for yourself then that's definitely an area I think of 21 that's going to be an opportunity. And also don't underestimate the insights that you might've got from different sectors. So um, Nick, I, know, I know like, like myself, you've had a lot of experience across a number of different sectors and you can see trends and you can transport strategies from one sector into another sector. So one particular sector I'm working with in the business, with a business part at the moment, there is great opportunities for disruption. And some of the strategies that we would normally expect to see in different, more modern, if I would like sectors, they, they actually make a really good fit here. And there's a lot of upside potential and, and, and an older, more mature market. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And so what do you think? So I suppose as we start to think about wrapping this up, Australia, what, what's, what are you personally, what are your themes um, for what you're going to be doing? It could be for your business itself, Gavin, or it could also be for kind of clients you're working with, but are there anything specific there? Yeah, so I'll split that into two in terms of what I'm working with my clients on and, and, and what I'm working for, for, for myself. So for my clients, I'm really pushing for innovation. 
um, because if they're going to stay ahead and they're going to stay relevant, they need to they need to be innovative. They need to be equally innovative and efficient financially, productivity, and in terms of their cost base. So there are so many businesses that are in that one million to ten million phrase that are not all over the numbers and not really monitoring the cost base enough. So I'm doing that. Let's push on innovation, but let's make sure we're really really careful on our cost base and keeping that flexible. And then, and then for me personally, I'm I'm so excited about the leverage that I can create through the journey around acquisitions, and um, to know that um, all the insights that I've had for you know for, for the period of doing this kind of work for 25, 26 years now is that across so many different sectors in corporate and in SME, to know that actually we I can create some bigger change and. Um, it's, it's as a result of having, I think everybody listening to this at times can sometimes question, do I know enough to be effective in that industry or am I good enough to do this? You know, 80% of CEOs got imposter syndrome. And the more I look into different, through acquisition um, due diligence type stuff, the more I looked into different industries, the more I realized I can bring a huge amount of value here because of what I've seen across different sectors. And I, and I, and I back to that point is you, we all sit on a mountain of value as our friend Daniel Priestley says, and I think we should always recommend um, recognize that in ourselves and what we can bring to bear. So the acquisition stuff is something of real excitement for me for 21 and beyond. Yeah, no, it's, it's huge. Cool. Now I, um, I think for my clients to kind of answer that question, I'm talking more about um, strategic scale. So I'm talking about the importance of partnerships Yes. And, you know, the idea that, you know, even if you're a smaller business looking at acquisitions yourself, just, just how much growth you can get from that. Some people don't do it because, again, they think it's difficult. But um, I've got a couple of clients right now that have built fantastic businesses and they just need to bolt on two or three others. And then they'll get to a really, really good position where they want to sell and exit to private equity or others. So I'm focusing a lot on that. And a lot of our clients are as I said, they're fast growth investor-backed businesses. They're all investor-backed to some degree. So the other element of that is just making sure they've got the right structure. Yeah. You know, yeah. making sure that's that's obviously, you know, the whole people, processes, systems elements to it, but it's more than that. It's making sure that they've got the right support around them as, as founders, as leaders, and starting to really understand that. So, so that's going to be the theme, I think, for clients. And then for me personally, um, this is an interesting year coming up because, We've started to move, as I said, more into the US. A lot of our clients are in the US, which is interesting considering we're a UK business. So that's mm-hmm. come off the back of, I think, the, um, the work we've been doing with the podcast. And a lot of the programs we're running now are quite embedded. So they're 12 months. We gain share. Uh, we then sit around all the way through to an exit. So we're really focused now on the pathway to exit, usually three years out, as opposed to um, you know anything else. So a lot of what we're building around that is opening up our US office, which is going to be in Baltimore. We've got our London office wow. now and and then probably something in Southeast Asia, but that's, I don't know if that'll be 21. That will probably be 22 actually. But yeah, it's been amazing. It's it's kind of like the anti-consultancy, Gavin. <laughs> it is that and, 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 I'm, and I'm loving that. And the other thing that we've done this year actually, which has been really, really uh, helpful is to build a high quality non-exec team mm. um, and the caliber of people that have shown an interest to, to, to support us by becoming non-execs has been fantastic, which then helps us to become more credible when we go to fundraising, et cetera. Yeah, that's a great idea. So that, that people, I think, sort of they shy away from that because they think it's another investment or whatever else. But that's that whole saying about you've got to surround yourself with outstanding people, people who have been, you know, on the journey you're on a few steps ahead, sometimes even further. But it does make the whole thing a more enjoyable, more fun, 
and ultimately more successful, I think. It's that whole thing about specialized knowledge, you know, from Think and Grow Rich and, and you know, the quickest way to get anywhere in life is to learn from others. Back to your point about strategic partnerships, I think people are a lot more open to them now. You've got access now uh, through connecting via LinkedIn or whatever. You can actually get a shorter route to get to someone of a decision maker and they're much more open, even larger corporates to, to win-win propositions. And I think it's a really, really effective and well-proven strategy for growth. And indeed, you know, one of uh, Jay Abraham's signature strategies early on in his career. It is. Well, he's, he's, he's got a crazy level of precision, (laughs) you know, like lots of different things going on, but when you see how he pulls it together, but yeah, no, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm really looking forward to 21. Uh, Again, I think, I don't think it's going to be, uh, anything that we can you know potentially anticipate i think there's going to be more changes pivots you know lockdowns non-lockdowns i, I don't think it's going to be an amazing travel year um, i'm hoping that it does pick up after the summer but i'm starting to see people become to use your word being very innovative in terms of how they need to operate given the constraints and i i find it massively inspiring to see you know people really take charge of things from what could look like it's a catastrophe Mm-hmm. So then turning into that into something magical, I find that amazing. And I think that's only going to increase in 21. I agree. Yeah, you know, there's a phrase that or a question I've often asked audiences when I've been speaking when they're doing a cult goal setting piece. And uh, I say, with someone of your skill, your experience, your passion, your talent, your drive, is that goal that you just set worthy of you? Because I have a belief that most of us play it too safe. And or is, are you presenting yourselves a challenge that's worthy of us? And I think most of us have been presented with a challenge worthy of us in leadership position over this course of this year. And I think many will look back and reflect, actually, I did a better job than I probably thought I would have done in the circumstances. But that bodes well for what we can create going forward. Yeah, I mean, one of my mentors said to me, a goal is something that you come from, not something you work towards, meaning that you have to obviously have the identity of of who you are at that point to create something. It's not something that, you know, sits above you. And I think that's a powerful thing. So, you know, I would always encourage people to set, you know, pretty big, ambitious goals, results, outcomes this year and, and do, you know, like, like we've talked about for the last, you know, 40 minutes or so, you've got to take a hell of a lot of action, maybe double up things, make sure you don't get burnt out. <laughs> Cause that's sure. the, but, but the people who have, who have really done that this year um, are the ones who are, I think now, going into 21 in a really good place. And it doesn't mean that if you are not in that position, you can't, but, you know, learn from those points. As ever, Nick, it's a real pleasure. I, I enjoy uh, this this conversation, this catch up, and who knows, we might make this a bit of an annual tra- tradition. Well, but... why not? Why not? <laughs> the fireside chat, I call it, Gavin. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. we could yeah. have been sitting here with, you know, some cognac and cigars. Yeah, uh, we should have done, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's great always having you on Scale Up Your Business. And uh, yeah, as I said, I'm more than happy to keep this going and um, adding value to our respective communities. So if um, anybody want, listening to, to my podcast, the Business Mastermind podcast, wants to check out Nick, how do they do that, Nick? Yep. So uh, listen to the podcast, Scale Up Your Business. You can find that on any channel that you listen to, Spotify or Apple um, Podcasts. Um, You can come and check us out at our website, which is suyb.global. That's our new website where we do a lot of our different programs. And then I tend to hang out on LinkedIn a lot, Gavin. That's the best place for someone Uh, to connect with me personally. How about you? Yep. Same. Find me on LinkedIn, Gavin Preston, and it's the Business Mastermind Podcast. And again, you'll find that on Apple and on Spotify. 
And the book. You've got to read the book as well. Oh, yes, of course. Thank you for the opportunity for another quick plug. Yeah, you got to read no, the book. No, it's a great book, and I'm happy to put it into the show notes. Of, uh, so, so it's Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale, and Succeed in Business. Uh, the first uh, part very much is about strategies for survival, and part two is around the right. Let's thrive in these certain times, and it's also available on Audible as well. Excellent. Well, you know what? I, you know what we should do this year, coming 21. I, if there's any opportunities to hook up on any of these acquisitions or any of that sort of stuff, even oh, just to collaborate, that, that I, to. Let, let's set that as something because then, then we to. can potentially talk about the uh, and this time next year. <laughs> the gym next year. All the best for you and your family, Nick. A real pleasure. Yeah, likewise. Thanks very much, Gavin. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success, and create more impact.